This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Into hour number two of the program. It is Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers along with you in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios on a Wednesday where Mike Vernon is among the class of 2023 Hockey Hall of Famers. We are excited a little bit later on this hour to chat. With the Calgary native, the Stanley Cup champion, the two-time Stanley Cup champion, and recent inductee into the key, uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, Mike Vernon will join us. Coming up a little bit later on this hour, in hour one, talked about uh, the rest of the Hockey Hall of Fame class, did you a Stamps report, a Jays report in there, and uh, also the latest Flames news from Elliot Friedman on the 32 Thoughts podcast, so if you're... Interested in any of that, the Hour One podcast will be up shortly for you wherever you get your favorite podcast: Google, Amazon, Spotify, etc., etc. And we've uh, talked about it in the first hour, Mr. Vickers, uh, that it's getting down to that time for Craig Conroy and all 32 NHL GMs. Busy season is just around the corner. Soon, the likes of Vickers and Steinberg and Conroy and Iserman. How are you going to list Vickers and Steinberg <laughs> ahead of Conroy and Iserman on the list of attendees in Nashville? Soon. We might be the first to Tootsies, <laughs> but you can't really you rank see, us above don't them. Don't tell me that Conroy won't be at Tootsies for at least 10 minutes. I'm not minutes. saying he's not. I'm just saying he's not going to beat <laughs> us there. Those are the class of people that you can expect descending to Bridgestone Arena next week. Uh, as the NHL's draft uh, gets closer, uh, if you've been wondering who's going to be first overall and you've somehow slept under a rock, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks will be selecting Connor Bedard first overall. But past that, look, it's anybody's game. We think Adam Fantilli, number two to the Ducks, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Where does Matt Vay-Mitchkoff wind up? That is the wild card to me. Not and, to interrupt you, but no, all I'm things considered... If, you know, we're in a different time, a different year, a non-Bedard year, first and foremost, and the geopolitical aspects being what it is, he'd be a legit candidate for number one in any non-Bedard, non-chaos type of year. And uh, since we have you here today, Aaron, uh, with all the work you do with FC Hockey, uh, I thought it would be a perfect time to go through some different draft topics, including the Calgary Flames currently sitting at 16. Uh, where, what kind of player they're expecting, some of the names around there, some different draft topics uh, to go through this segment. Uh, again, looking forward to chatting with Mike Vernon next segment, so stay tuned uh, for that. But I was talking to you in the break, and I, I said we're getting to that point where the mock drafts, if you're a mock draft guy like I am, it's one of my favorite things to do. I don't know why. I'll go down to the, the fan mock drafts. It doesn't even have to be like sport reporting related. I love those ones, but I'll go to any mock draft. If you do a mock draft up on Twitter, I'll probably read it. 
That's I just love mock drafts, but we're getting to that point where everything's just kind of in a massive blender, and the only thing that I've seen continuously is Bedard 1 and Fantilli 2, and I imagine as a guy that spends as much time prepping and getting ready for the draft as you do, Aaron, uh, this is something you're used to seeing at this time of year. Oh, we're in the uh, chaos stages, if you will, of uh, mock draft building and whatnot and projecting and guessing and estimating and any other adjective you want to throw into that. You're seeing guys in the 40s and 50s being listed in the top 10, top 15 of certain mock drafts. You're seeing guys that are top 10 falling to to mid-20s. And this is going to be shameless plug alert. I'm going to fully say that. You can have some mock draft building fun over at FC Hockey. Go to NHLEntryDraft.com backslash mock dash draft. You can run your own first one round mock draft, five rounds, seven rounds, the whole thing. You can control the Calgary Flames. You can control the Edmonton Oilers if you really want to have some fun. You can control all 32 teams if you want to get crazy and run through 224 picks. But yes, mock drafts are the single biggest traffic driver for us right now whether it's the one we have on our site done by our Brandon Holmes, one of our video scouts, whether it's the fans going and running theirs. Mock draft is silly season, and the fact that we're just one week out, we're actually probably somewhere in the neighborhood of one week exactly. It's 5 o'clock mountain. It'll be 6 o'clock mountain, 4 o'clock. I'm bad at time zones. Either way, next Wednesday, tune in for the first round of the 2023 NHL entry draft with Steinberg and Vickers. But yes, mock drafts, so much fun, also chaotic, also annoying, also frustrating. So go have some fun with them. We are the home of the Flames here on Sportsnet 960, and I think that's where most listeners are trying to pin down at this point names around 16, and it's it's almost an impossible task at the best of times. And I think when you talk about a deep draft like this one, Aaron, where we were talking about guys, you know, in that 15 range who could be a top 10 value pick other years. To me, that signals that I don't know what we're going to see on that first night of the draft, because I think this year we could see a, a variance of boards from teams in that top 15 because they're going to value guys differently because there's such talent there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think yeah. that this could be one of those years where, even getting to 16, it's hard to predict what's going to be there for the Flames. Well, the fun part about the NHL draft is you can see all the public lists, whether it's FC's list, whether it's one of our competitors, whether it's Sam Cosentino, Sportsnet, whomever. And you can kind of see threads that are somewhat similar. If you grabbed five lists from NHL teams, a guy that's, well, not one. And trust me, there's Calgary Flames aren't listing Connor Bedard on their draft list. No. I, don't, I don't know breaking news. <laughs> I think he might be gone by the time 16 is. I think it's fair, yeah. But if you were to look at those lists and say 5 to 15, examine you know, four or five teams' lists from prospect 5 to prospect 15, you are going to see some wild stuff. First of all, we do a 300 ranking. No team does a 300 ranking. Calgary Flames sometimes fall somewhere between 50 and 75. Teams generally have 80 to 85 to 90 on their list. They don't go that deep. They go. They, they narrow it in, they hammer it down, and that's their list. But in terms of what the Calgary Flames can expect mm-hmm. at 16, I don't know. This is going to be interesting. And Is options the best way to, options to describe is, it? Options almost. is probably better, but every year without fail, we see, I'm going to use a couple Detroit Red Wings examples because they're front of mind. Moritz Sider, 
who at the beginning of this draft year wasn't a first rounder. And as he got nearer and nearer and he played for Germany at the world championships and he rose the ranks, but he suddenly goes top 10. And when for most part, the consensus was somewhere in the twenties and you look at Marco Casper, an Austrian prospect who settled somewhere consensus list ish at around, you know, late first round pick. Detroit sees something they really like in him and they grab him. That, that goes back to lend to the conversation of no two teams draft lists are even close to looking the same. So when you've got to sit and wait for 15 picks, yeah, we know one, two, three is where the draft gets interesting, whether it's going to be Leo Carlson, Mitch Kov, Will Smith, even so on. So we even saw last year with Shane Wright falling to number four of all things. Like mm-hmm. it's chaos at the NHL draft talking about names, options, perhaps, for the Calgary Flames. I know Flames fans listening that have done their homework will be familiar with names like Colby Barlow, Andrew Crystal, Matthew Wood, Ryan Leonard, Nate Danielson, and so on and so forth. The exciting thing, if you're the Calgary Flames and a Calgary Flames fan, is chances are, with the way that Cod Button and his crew will construct their list, they're going to get somebody probably two, three, four, five on their this-is-the-guy-we-want list. And depending on how deep that list is, it opens up some opportunities, whether it's to trade down. If there's one guy on that list that you really, really, really like, perhaps another team's list looks like they've got three or four guys all bunched together that are an option, so maybe you trade up. There's just going to be... This draft is going to be so interesting. It gets that every year where it's like, oh, this is where the draft gets interesting. This is where the this draft gets interesting after two. It's not after four. <laughs> it's not after five. It's not after ten. Yeah, It gets... You know, Connor Bedard can start the evening on the stage. Adam Fantilli can strut right at number two with the Anaheim Ducks. And then it's just, it's that old uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Jurassic Park gif. Hold on to your butts because <laughs> who knows? There's so many different storylines, whether it's the four highly ranked Americans, Mitch Kov, Carlson, the two defensemen that this is a weaker draft class for defensemen. So I'd be curious to see what happens with a David Reinbacher, with a Axel Sandin, Pelica, so on and so forth. Goliaev is another defenseman that could fall in somewhere around that Calgary Flames range. Like, there's so many X factors and dominoes to fall before the Calgary Flames pick in the middle of the first round. It's it's really going to be, it's the entertainment value is going to be off the charts if you're even remotely interested in prospects. If this is too on the spot. You, you tell me, but I'm curious. This is the name that I've seen most associated with the Calgary Flames and for Flames fans asking about, and I'm curious your take on Moose Jaw Warriors forward Braden Yeager. He's a he's an interesting one because, one, he's a Western Canada guy. Yep. He's got high, high-end skill. I'm just buying some time because I think he graded best in class for some of the attributes that he had at FC Hockey. I know our Westerns, we've got a Western scout that is based in that Eastern division. And Riley Height is just, again, this is what you're going to get regardless of whether it's Riley Height or um, any other player that you're going to get a highly skilled player, intelligence in terms of him. His high end attributes are all things that not just the Calgary Flames, but every team covets. High end playmaker, high end puck handler. High end, high end sense, pardon me. His shot is above average. Where he kind of grades out is just mediocre to average on the, on the grand scheme of things is his skating and his compete. But 
he's a guy. He's listed at a center. So the Calgary Flames will be drafting center Riley Height. I know some of our concerns. We've got him ranked 21. Central scouting has him 21 among North Americans, so that doesn't factor in Europeans. We think that he is going to be a high-end winger at the NHL level. So if the Calgary Flames are looking for a center, and in the first round, probably shy away from going positional again. If you look at the Calgary Flames prospect pool, you might want to address the need on defense. You have Jeremy Poirier, uh, Ilya Soloviev, Jan Kuznetsov. Apologies if I'm missing anyone, but it's it's a little thin back there in terms of especially pro-ready, and you're not asking a defenseman in the 2023 draft class to be NHL-ready next year. But you'd like to fill that prospect pool a little bit. Just like if you're drafting Riley Height as a center, maybe you look and see how he develops and maybe you envision him as a bit more of a left winger. But again, he, he grades out. We do in our draft guide six attributes and we give them grades. There's elite as the number one. Like there's maybe 15 to 20 players that have an elite attribute, according to us, in, in our draft guide. And then there's high end. Of the six attributes, Riley Height has three high end grades. So there's some questions about, you know, can he improve his skating? Can he improve his compete? He's got to work on his effort level and just overall awareness in the defensive zone. But you're getting a high-end playmaker, high-end puck handler, high-end hockey sense. And combining those three, and above-average shot too. So he's not just a playmaker. He's not just a shooter. The way he senses and sees the offensive end. He's one of those guys. We got him at 21. He's one of those guys that would probably be a top 10 or a top 15 guy in another draft year. So there's a lot to like about his game. We got to give away some Stampede Super Passes coming up in a few moments here. So get your texting fingers if you're ready, if you're listening live at 960-960. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before we end the draft conversation, as we sit today, if you had to guess, we were hoping to have a couple teams on that are around where he might went, wind up. We didn't wind up getting anybody today. But I'm so curious about the Mitchkoff conversation, Vickers, oh. as to where like, – I, I'm going to be honest with you, the way that they do business in Columbus, would it stun me to see Yarmo Kekalainen stun everybody and just take the best player that it's available to him at three? It really wouldn't. But then there's geopolitical issues. There's, you know, how teams deal with, with Russian players and, and their and relationships. He's still, he's got, I think he's got three years remaining on his KHL contract. So you're so I'm going to say no to Columbus. One, because Yarmo's been there for a really long time. Yes. And they finished last? Second last? Second last. In the NHL? So he might be one, his team to be a little more competitive, a little quicker. So waiting three years for Mitchkov. In uh, theory, yeah, yeah, in yeah. theory, waiting three years for Mitchkov. Not necessarily the best move. But then you got San Jose picking fourth, Montreal fifth, Arizona sixth, Philadelphia seventh. And I've, I've seen this pop up among Flyers Nation on Twitter where it's like, what do the Philadelphia Flyers do if Mitchkov falls to seven? What, what do you mean, what do you do? You draft you him. You draft him. If he was Matthew Mitchell from Spruce Grove, he's a number one. Yeah. And Philadelphia, you're just starting your rebuild. You've got lots of time to put your feet up, relax, gather prospects, gather, gather oh, picks. Yeah, if I'm like even if I'm the uh, same thing for like San Jose, where are you gonna be yeah. in three years time? 
You're, you're, you're just starting this process off. If I'm San Jose, I'm more than fine waiting for Mitchkov. It's just going to help me collect more, better, higher-ranked talent the next couple of years if I don't have to insert a guy that's got... I'm not saying Mitchkov's got 40-goal potential starting next season, but... In no, but two, Connor three, Bedard makes the yeah, Blackhawks better this instantly. year than they were last year. And Mitchkov would make San Jose better immediately, well, too. Be You've just got to wait years, for him. Yeah. So I look at San Jose, I'd be super curious what happens. And and maybe San Jose looks and goes, well, we like Will Smith just as much or maybe just a hair less, but we know exactly what his development path is. We can influence it. We know when he's going to arrive, so on and so forth. So maybe they go Will Smith. And then you're looking at five as the Montreal Canadiens going, can we not? Like, yeah. do is there any option to not? And even at that point, maybe you look at Zach Benson out of Winnipeg slash, you know, wherever that franchise ended up. Winnitachi. <laughs> yeah. Apologies for the, poor the pronouncing there. Or whatever they the are wild, now, yeah. yeah. But Zach Benson, all due respect, is not Mitchkov. Mitchkov is a franchise type player, and that's not to say Benson can't develop into that. Just as it stands today. That's not the expectation. The expectation for Mitchkov is he's going to be the best Russian player since Alexander Ovechkin, if everything goes according to plan. So I look at that four or five range as being the most interesting couple of picks just because of the Mitchkov situation. Then you've got Arizona at 6-2, and all indications seem to be that Arizona wants to be a bit more competitive, if you will. They're done cycling through eating bad contracts and acquiring assets they are ready to be a bit more competitive now. But even then, if he, Mishkov falls to six... And they pick again at 12. And they pick... You can so afford to you, take that home run swing. Say, yeah, they have not, Ottawa's can, pick at 12. Can you sit there and say, yeah, we're not getting maybe as good a guy at six, but we can... We get to come up in six more picks again and we're going to get somebody pretty good that's still going to help us now. Yeah. It's a good situation to walk into if you're Arizona. And not to wax poetic, but again, if he, if we're talking about a North American Mitchkov who doesn't have the baggage, who doesn't have the contract, in a non-Bedard year, we're talking about him, Fantilli, going toe-to-toe for number one. And here we are today talking about, does he go four? Does he go five? Does he go six? Does he go seven? Washington drafts eight. I can't see him getting past that, to be honest. He shouldn't. If you're drafting best player available... And you're just picking the guy that you like? He shouldn't. No. But this is the 2023 NHL draft. Once you get past number one, once you get past number two, all bets are off. And that's like not to pump the tires on (laughs) on the draft class, but this is arguably one. People have been calling this the deepest draft class in 03. You've got to wait five years before making that claim. It certainly looks that way. It's got to bear the fruit, but it's certainly in real time the most interesting draft I think we've and we've had a consensus number one for two or three years, and this is still the most intriguing draft from my perspective in ages. So I'm just curious to see how it plays out. Round one goes uh, on uh, Wednesday, June 28th in Nashville, 5 p.m. start. Aaron Vickers and Pat Steinberg will be live from Nashville, bringing you coverage uh, from the NHL draft, and if you're like us, and you're uh, trying to get a head start on getting names, getting consensus on guys, getting as much information on uh, prospects as you absolutely can, 
uh, our relationship with Aaron Vickers paying off in spades for listeners because you we can hope. get the we <laughs> hope. you can get the FC Hockey Draft Guide by heading to nhlentrydraft.com and using the promo code SN960. You betcha. 25% off with that promo code for 960 listeners only. 960 listeners only. So SN960, go to nhlentrydraft.com. Still plenty of time to dive into it. There's articles, there's draft profiles, there's a little bit of everything on the FC Hockey Draft Guide. So go ahead and pick one up today and uh, get ready for what should be a great NHL draft. Really looking forward to it in Nashville starting next Wednesday. Uh, Mr. Vickers, also coming up in um, pretty short time, Calgary Stampede's back, baby. 2023 edition. We're looking forward to it July 6th to the 17th, and we've been giving away Stampede Super Passes all week long here on Sportsnet today. Do you know what a Super Pass is? Is that what this envelope is over here? You're just automatically letting me win the contest? separate. We pay you in cash now. It's a lot easier to keep it off the books. Um, Do you know what a Super Pass is, Aaron? Refresh my memory. I think I do, but I'd hate to misspeak about this. Well, a Super Pass is unlimited entries to the grounds all 10 days of the Calgary Stampede. You want to go six times on the Tuesday because you've, you've really got a thing for what's happening on Tuesday at the Coke stage, and you want to go to the rides, and you want to go check out the rodeo. Big four? All of it. Whew. Anything. Unlimited entries with a Stampede Super Pass. Uh, it's for the greatest outdoor show on earth, returning July 7th to 16th, 2023, from the Stampede Rodeo to our most loved midway rides, live music to food. We've all been craving. Start your countdowns for the 2023 Calgary Stampede. Yeehaw! It's almost here. We've got cool. super passes to give away to some lucky cow folk. Can we get that yeehaw again? We're going to save that for later. Uh, so a super pass, 10 days of entry, unlimited access into the park. Uh, you can buy them online or in-store if you don't win it. Participating Sobeys, Safeway, and IGA. Your Stampede Super Pass grants unlimited entry to Stampede Park for all 10 days and access to all the amazing experiences on park. They are done selling them July 6th, and they cost fifty-one forty-five plus GST. Or you could just answer our question that we have for the text line at 960-960 with your first and last name on the text. And you could win today's pair of super passes. Taylor, you've been given the task of coming up with our stampede-related questions for the program. You have another one for us today. What is our question for the text line? Well, you know how there's a bunch of random food at the stampede some years? Yes, I believe every year. Well, yeah. Some of them is a little bit more normal than others. But we have a bunch of new food this year at the midway so i want to know what food are you most excited to try this is a very good question so again 960-960 on the text line i need your first and last name on the text or else you can't win those are just the rules that we play by here on Sportsnet 960 the fan what stampede food are you going to try in 2023 now, yesterday, Vickers, on the program, yep. we did what job would you most like to have? Like, what event are you going to participate in? There was a lot of like, hey, I would try bull riding. Like, Shan nope. over there, our intern, was like, I'm going to be a bull rider. Nope. I'm like, you're insane. Uh, we said rodeo clown, and some guy got mad that they're not called rodeo clowns. They're called bullfighters, which I call BS on. Uh, did he ask called... you to say it in French? No. Okay, just, just, just asking. Sure. Uh, there were people who wanted to be like super dog trainers or food Ooh. 
Anything uh, with dogs, that's where I'm at. Food judges or anything. The guy was one guy was like, I just want to run the cool down station, uh, the spray station, so that I can stay cool all stampede long. If I had to do something, that's, that's what a I would want to do. Savvy vet move right there. It's a good one, right? Yeah. Uh, so that was yesterday. Does Aaron Vickers have a job or something that he would like to do at the stampede? Well, so I initially had said anything to do with the dogs. Yeah. But then the cool down thing was great. So is there like a hybrid job where you just make sure the dogs don't get hot and you I'm just sure pet them is. and play with them? There has to be something Because like that would that, be right? right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And I something that, that you know, sense. maybe Yeah, I think I think anything to do to do with the pups. And if we could just do that next to the cool down station, I'd be game for that. Have you checked out any of the new midway food for this year? You know what? I'm lame and you you can roast me on the same text line, 960, 960. <laughs> I get so amped, so jacked up to just go down and get the uh, corn dog. I'm a big corn dog guy. You know what? My mom is the exact same. She loves. She doesn't want to go crazy. She just wants a, a good old. I just stampede want that big dog, old yeah. stampede corn dog. It's it's uh, it's the, it's the thing I look forward to the most when stampede rolls around. Can I tempt you with some of the new offerings Hit on me. the midway this year? Hit me. I'll, do you want me to give you a quick yes or no? Yeah, let's Kay. do that. Kay. There's a couple corn dogs there too. You got options. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does an elkaroni pizza? Actually, I'd, I'd give that a go. An elk pepperoni on a pizza. Oh, 100%. I, I was hoping that's what it was. Yeah. And so I said yes, maybe a little little too early, but now that I've confirmed, that's 100% yes. A Kool-Aid chicken burger. It's a cherry Kool-Aid glaze on a piece of crispy chicken. And a yeah, sandwich yeah I, could, I could get down with that. Uh, this is my go-to. I'm, as a nostalgic child. Uh, Dunkaroo's mini donuts. Oh, hundred percent. Now is that, is that the chocolate dunk or the vanilla dunk? It is van- uh, the rainbow vanilla chip frosting. Oh, hundred percent. Like it. Blows. That would pair well with my corn dog. I'm not going to lie. Uh, another sweet one. This has come up on the text line a lot. Fruit loop funnel cake. Are I you mean, a sweet tooth? I mean, would yeah. Would that work for you? hundred percent. Thick cereal milk, crushed Fruit Loops, strawberries, condensed cereal milk, and whipped cream. Uh, now, there's some weird options, as Taylor mentioned. There's always some that kind of uh, ketchup and mustard ice cream. See, that that's that's where I'm starting to to lose it here. Like, I, I don't think so. If somebody got it and offered me like a little bite, I might give it a go. But I, I don't know if I could fully get behind one on my own. Uh, there's a neon hot dog, a neon red and neon blue hot dogs. Now they don't appear to be flavored as in they're just they're they're blue and red. Oh, then yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah, that seems like an easy one. That's an empty netter over here. Oh, uh, guy that likes his hot dogs and his corn dogs, anything and 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 regular dogs. So <laughs> any, any kind of dog. <laughs> don't know if you know this about me. Big fan of the dogs. <laughs> He's got that dog in him. Uh, <laughs> flaming hot dill cookie. This is a sugar cookie loaded with dill pickle, topped with flaming hot Cheeto frosting. Mister Fickers, you know what? This might shock you, but I might go for it. I'm a big, really? I'm a big dill pickle fan. I am too. Uh, I'm familiar with the uh, the topping there, the the spice, the uh, Doritos, or what big, have you. You're a flaming hot guy. Um, I'm not saying I'm 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 not, but I'm familiar with it, so I don't think it would be a discouragement. Fair. Uh, Taylor, do you have a, a food on this list that uh, intrigues you? You know what? I love anything mini donuts, and I think it should be its own food category. So I'm very excited for those Dunkaroo mini donuts, the cherry cheesecake ones. Oh, yeah. 
they got some pretty good like non meat options. So like those those I'm very excited for those pickle fries. Uh, Shan, you were a consensus crazy person yesterday, saying that you would like to try bull riding. Uh, do you have a similar crazy food take, or are you going a little bit more normal here? I don't know if this is crazy, but the Elkaroni pizza, that is standing out to me. That's the first one on the list. That looks amazing. It looks really good. Oh, you've had pictures this whole time? Yeah. Oh. Cam, before oh, you show, yeah, I'm sure. What's, uh, what's your food take here? Man, I'm eyeballing this this what a mango drink from a fruit. You get a just a cutout of a watermelon, and they fill it with mango ice cream, and they put a mango in it, and you just drink it or you eat it out of the watermelon. That is what I'm eyeballing. Like 30 degrees on sun's beating down on you on like a Tuesday evening. <laughs> that sounds delectable. Uh, there's a ton of different options. Uh, falafel pierogies, pickle fries. There's corn dogs for the likes of Vickers, including a peanut butter corn dog. Uh, perfectly crisp batter, uh, drizzled with peanut butter and different toppings. Uh, the Stampede's back in a big way. And uh, you have, you've entered in your food take. We'll give you a couple more minutes. We'll give a pick. We'll pick a winner on the other side of the break. So if you're listening online, you have a chance to catch up with us. But your favorite food option: of the 2023 Calgary Stampede, first and last name on the text, and we will randomly select a winner for uh, today's super passes here on Sportsnet 960. But we got to take a break because on the other side, he's a new member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's Calgary's own. Mike Vernon, and he joins myself and Aaron Vickers when we return here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Our final player inductee is Mike Vernon, a member of the Calgary Wranglers. Mike Vernon was drafted by the hometown Flames in the second round of the NHL entry draft in 1981. Mike won Stanley Cups with the Flames in 1989 and the Detroit Red Wings in 1997. In 1997, Mike won 16 of 20 NHL playoff games with the Flames and won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the NHL's best player. The Hall of Fame is pleased to welcome Mike Vernon as an honored member. Congratulations, Mike. Yes, on this Wednesday, that was earlier today, it was announced that Calgary native and Calgary Flames legend Mike Vernon would be among the class of 2023 heading to the Hockey Hall of Fame, a welcomed member to the Hall of Fame, and a welcome member to the show as uh, Mike joins us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Mike, thanks for doing this today. How are you, pal? Uh, <laughs> well, quite excited <laughs> about the news that uh, was installed on me t- uh, earlier today. Uh, Lanny McDonald and uh, uh, Gardner gave me a call around noon and uh, to break the news to me. So uh, I was quite excited. Mike, you're a, you're a Stanley Cup champion. You're a Conn Smythe winner and now a, a Hockey Hall of Famer. When I say Mike Vernon, Hockey Hall of Famer, what does that make you think about? <laughs> it makes me think of, you know, it just it kind of recognizes I guess my career and things like that. And I have been very proud of uh, the amount of years that I've played in the NHL, uh, my numbers that I've put up uh, and it just, it just brings it all together right now. And 
even from my minor hockey days. It's just everything is brought together now and uh, it's kind of in a nice little package with uh, the Hall of Fame to it. So it's it's a very good feeling and uh, I'm, I'm very honoured to be in the class of 2023 and uh, I look forward to the... Uh, the day in November when uh, they make it official. You mentioned it uh, as we were chatting with you here earlier, but we had no doubt it had to be your Calgary Flames teammate, another Calgary legend like yourself. It was Lanny McDonald on the other side of that phone call for you this morning. How special was it for Lanny to be part of that phone call telling you that you're going to the Hockey Hall of Fame? Well, I I think he was pretty excited (laughs) to do it. Um, He... To get a call from anyone else, I I don't think would have made it right. I the guy was uh, a great captain, probably one of the best captains I've ever had and been a part of. One of the classiest men in the game of uh, hockey, uh, in life in general. So he he's always been a big inspiration uh, to me and everybody. He treats so well. He's just a classy class act and uh, to get a call from him uh, was very special and uh, even the the day they hung my jersey I asked him to speak on kind of my behalf uh, and he said he'd be honored so he's uh, he's one of Calgary's best there's no doubt Mike Vernon's along with us one of the newest members of the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers along with you on a Wednesday edition of Sportsnet Today. Aaron? Mike, first of all, congratulations on what must be an amazing and surreal day for you. Now, i got to ask, did the caller ID pop up as Lanny? No, it didn't. So- and I almost didn't answer it. <laughs> it, was, it was a 416 number, but it was weird. Below it, it had D10 conference call. And I'm like, Holy, was I supposed to be on a conference call today? <laughs> <laughs> so I pick it up and go, hello. <laughs> and it was Lanny and Mike Gardner on the other side. So I was gonna say how long did it take you to rec- how long did it take you to recognize those voices? Oh, it, oh it's Lanny here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. But Lanny on a conference <laughs> call is static. Two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Lanny. So was was this a surprise to you, Mike? You weren't waiting by the phone all day. This four one six number pops up, and you reluctantly answer, and suddenly I imagine the whole complexion of your day changes. Uh, yeah, it did change. It was, it was funny. I I just taken my car in to get fixed, and then I just walked back home, and I was just kind of hanging at home because I didn't have a vehicle, so I was just kind of hanging low and just on the computer and things like that, and. Uh, Lo and behold, I get a call. Did you ever have, have doubts along the way, Mike? It's been a while since your playing days. Did you ever wonder if that phone call was going to come from the hall? Yeah, it's, you know, you get nominated and you you think you're, you know, you're going to get in or you're not going to get in and you, 20 years go by and it's just, you know, things you, you kind of wonder a bit at sometimes, but I, you know, I, I never gave it a lot of thought. I, I've always stood by my numbers, and I think I have uh, reasonable numbers that they would have to consider me one day. It's, it, it's tough because there are a lot of people, uh, a lot of players. Look, I got, I'm in with two other goaltenders, three goaltenders to go into the hall and one 
one swoop, and that's unheard of. Um, so, you know, I know that goaltenders in the past weren't getting the, maybe a lot of love when it came to that, but uh, I'm just glad they recognized it in 2023. What's it like? You mentioned going in with Tom Barrasso and Henrik Lundqvist. This is almost a, a goalie-exclusive club this year. What's it mean to go in with a couple of goalies like yourself? Yeah, the goalie union. Um, no, it, it's great. We both, we all respect each other. Um, it, it's just we played a different ear. Tommy Barrasso and I were more played against each other in the same ear. Uh, Hendrick came a little after when they had lighter equipment and things like that. You know, we played when they, they had deer hair pads for crying out yep. loud. And uh, so it, it's just, you know, you see goaltenders evolve over the years, and I'm always intrigued by things. And I remember when Mike Palmatier started with the cheater on the glove. And, uh, you know, there's just little things. And how the game has evolved, the goaltender position has evolved, and things like this. And I, I, I still believe that one of the most important positions uh is the goaltender <laughs> and uh so it's it's all good <laughs> i want to circle back to logan's question about him asking you if you ever thought this day would come because on the release in, under your section there's a there's a touching little note about your late mother asking you if you were ever going to make it into the Hall of Fame, and, and you dedicated this to her i just want to understand you said you mentioned she was the first coach you ever had i'm just I'm mad trying to imagine the influence both as a parent and as a coach and the influence she had on you both growing up and throughout your career. Yeah, it's, uh, well, I came from a hockey family and uh, three older brothers and a younger sister. And we're, we're a hockey family. That, that was it. It was every, every weekend uh, there was hockey going on and things like that. And, uh, my father coached my, my mother coached me and uh, I think it was, in the day, it was called Diaper League, I believe, and uh, with another lady named uh, Sheila Sinclair. And so, it was, you know, it's, uh, you know, those bring back the great memories and uh, what hockey meant in my family. And uh, to reflect back on that now, it's, you know, the story was when my mother was in the hospital, it was... Uh, and she asked me the question. Uh, I think there's a guy from uh, Sports Illustrated that wrote an article um, on who do you think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And he had brought my name up. So I showed my mom that. And he thought that one day I'd get in. And that's, uh, you know, that's the closest. <laughs> well, hopefully she's listening, but uh, she'll be there in spirit. In November, so yeah, that date. Oh, good. That date, Monday, November thirteenth. You'll be enshrined in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Obviously, your mother will be front of front of mind. Who else will you be thinking of that day that influenced you and helped you along in your career? Well, just everybody from the uh, my coaches days, and uh, uh, I got a call today from uh, the Cooks, and he was my coach in. Uh, uh, Peewee hockey. Um, Harold Posesnik, I he coached me in Bantam and Midget. And, uh, you know, I golf with him once in a while and things like this. But it's just everybody. And it's the friends, too, and the, the, the families that are around that uh, 
all made it possible. And uh, my phone has been going uh, pretty crazy, um, which is great. Uh, I love it. And uh, it's just, you know, and all the players you've played with throughout your career um, that made it possible. And, uh, you know, I get a call from Wayne Gretzky today, of all people, you know, played against him a lot. Uh, Didn't play with him, but he was very gracious um so that's kind of cool to get one to get a call from the great one and uh i play you know paul coffee called kevin low sent a text these are guys that you know we have a huge hate on for <laughs> being in calgary and them in edmonton so you know they're just recognizing it and uh being very generous and and saying nice words and things like that so uh- i think all in general that you just and all your other teammates that you played with are calling and texting and stuff like that. It's it's just that recognition uh that makes it that much special. That's it's so special and uh I'm very honored to uh it's uh it's honor. Uh, Mike, you're a, you're a, you were a Calgary legend before today, and I imagine today brings back a, a flood of memories of your playing career and being a Calgary native who grew up in the city and brought a Stanley Cup to his hometown. Just talk to us about some of those special moments throughout your career. I know the two Stanley Cups have got to be up there for you, but it's such a storied career for yourself with so many great moments. What do you think of during your career when you look back on it on a day like today? Well, you reflect on a lot of things. Uh, you know, the two. You know, playing junior hockey, and you reflect on your. You know, I was in the minors for two and a half years. You kind of run the wheel, sort of speak, and it was crazy. The year that I got called up, uh, and then we went to the finals with Montreal. Unfortunately, we lost, but uh, I played in three different. Uh, uh, leagues, the, the East, or what was it? The, uh, American the, hockey league and the, uh, the IHL. Yeah. It was called the central hockey league okay. I think, at that time. Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that go through your mind and you just run the wheel and, and look at different things and what, what changed and what really happened to you. Like what, yeah, you know, when I first got my break and, and things like that. And I remember Bob Johnson, he played me against the the Russians and we won that game and he was so excited. And, you know, it's, it's all that sort of stuff that, uh, that happens to you. And there's, there's some good, there's some bad, um, you know, it, it, it it's great. It was a, a, a great way to have a career. Uh, I loved every minute of it, even though some days weren't that great. Uh, but it challenged me and it challenged me to be a better, better goaltender or a better person. And I I just kept pushing myself. And that's, I think the biggest thing is to play 18 years in the national hockey league. I I don't know what I did right, but obviously I did something and uh, I'm proud of it. You you mentioned, having to spend some time in the minors and, and paying some dues and bouncing around a couple of different leagues. Was there ever a time where you thought maybe the NHL wasn't within your reach? And, and if so, how funny many things times, happen. 
many times. I I played, I think it was five minutes or four minutes against the Edmonton Oilers. They scored four goals. It's a trivia uh, question. I had a goals against a 22.22 that year. (laughs) I played four minutes. I don't mean to to rag on you, but the save percentage was 333. (laughs) (laughs) So it was crazy, that one game, and I... I look back on it and I'm like, how am I going to make the NHL? Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, you know, you just kind of be a little more persistent and just kind of abide your time and hopefully, you know, just learn more and try to figure this game out. And that's what it was all about is I never had a private trainer and I never had goalie coaches when I was younger. those things didn't exist. I had to figure this stuff out for myself. And, uh, and the equipment wasn't that good either. So, (laughs) and the puck hurt (laughs) and it was heavy. The gear was heavy and stuff like that, but uh, you just learn and you, you know, you see the things evolve over time and it's, it's just, it's great where I started and where I ended up. And it just, you know, I even give my uh, goalie coach of nine years with uh, when I was with the Calgary Flame, Glenn Hall, a call. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't answer it, but that was one of my uh, first calls because he was a guy that never gave up on me. And he always instilled good work ethic and you can do it. Don't worry, you'll be fine. And he never came on the ice once with me. Not once. And everything was, he'd take notes. We'd talk about it all the time and things like that. And he was He's a great human being, and uh, he was a treat to be around. And he was a really big influence on me and moving ahead with my career. Uh, Mike, as we, we talk about some of the, the moments in your career today on, on what's a tremendous day for you and your family, I'd love to ask you about being drafted by the Flames back in 1981 and what comes to mind when you remember being drafted by your hometown team? Have you heard the story before? Let us hear it again. <laughs> well, I was I was at school and I was driving home and Peter Marr got on the radio and said the Calgary Flames have just drafted local Mike Vernon. And I'm like, what? I thought <laughs> I was going to get – I thought I was going to Minnesota – I thought I was going to pitch. I thought I was going to like four other teams uh, and not Calgary. So that was, that was pretty, uh, you know, it was kind of a, a shock, but then I'm like going, Oh my, I'm like, I got drafted by the Calgary flames. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Okay. So I just took it from there. Um, not knowing just because you get drafted doesn't mean you're going to make the NHL. So it's uh like I said, I spent two and a half years in the minors and I paid my dues down there and things like that. But I got an opportunity um, when Mark Moore created some in- had some injuries and then uh, Reggie Lemlin was struggling a little and they they brought me in and uh, it was uh, it was it was a fun year because I think I played 17 games that year and then I played all the playoff games. In uh, that was in what was it eighty five eighty five yeah. So, uh, was there ever added pressure for you, Mike, 
being a, a Calgary Flame from Calgary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody thought they knew me or whatever, so that. But I remember one playoff series. I don't know who it was against, but I had a bit, we had a day off, and I went to Willow Park Golf Course just to hit balls and to get away and just hit golf balls on the driving range. And people are like, shouldn't you be practicing? Don't you have a game? We're like, I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> there is some downtime here. And I remember Al McGinnis and I, like, he lived a couple doors away from me. And it was like we, we couldn't even really go out. It's like because people would, you know, they cared. The people in Calgary cared. And they were hockey fans. And that that was awesome. But it even after game like playoff games and stuff, we just go home and, and Al's girlfriend would make a wife now, but she would make us a bunch of dinner and things like that. We'd have a couple beers and talk, but it wasn't, uh, we, we kind of had to hibernate during uh, playoff time for, you know, the length of the playoffs. So yeah, there was, there was pressure and uh, people always were talking and things like that. So you you heard this we all hear it and but yeah it is what it is but it also pushed me to try to do better too and uh i don't think i would have done it any other way of course you'll be remembered and recognized for your time with the calgary flames you spent three years with the detroit red wings another three with the san jose sharks with a short stint in florida but what did it mean to be able to come back and play your final two seasons back home with the calgary flames I'm going to be frank with you. I wasn't that excited when it first happened. Um, And I don't know how it transpired or whatever, but anyway, it happened and uh, then go to training camp and things like that. But it, it allowed me to come home because my, uh, my mother was dying. She had cancer. So it allowed me to be in the city and to see her. And uh, I used to have, I used to have lunch with her every day that I could at the hospice. Um, and then somehow she made a miraculous comeback and uh, she kind of broke her hip and then she went to the hospital, got it fixed and then they sent her home. And it, it was totally weird, but anyway, it was a blessing. And, uh, my mom had another good 10, 11 months of good living before she passed. So, and I was able to be here and uh, be around and be supportive. So that was good. And it was good for my, my kids. I had a young family and things like that. Uh, my wife's from Calgary too. So it was great to be back in Calgary. And uh, I knew my career was winding up and, also, it was it was just a nice way to just get back home and get settled in and uh, and go from there. Unfortunately, my hockey wasn't that up to par, and uh, it was very disappointing. Um, but uh, the Calgary Flames were going through some tough times there, and it was uh, it was tough on everybody. But there were some great people. Jerome was there. There was. Connie, there was there was a bunch of players. Freddie Brathwaite, I was partnered with him. He was great. So it it, it was still fun to go to the rink every day and 
And it, it, it just, it was a nice way to wind it up. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for sharing memories of your mom. I can only imagine how proud she is of you today. Like so many here in Calgary are that you're uh, a Calgary native, a Calgary Flames Stanley Cup champion, uh, and today a Hockey Hall of Famer. Thank you for carving out some time uh, for myself and Aaron. We really do appreciate it. Congratulations again on a tremendous and so well-deserved honor, and you'll have plenty of people from Calgary watching in November with a lot of pride seeing you go into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Sorry for all the noise. No problem whatsoever. Thank you, Mike. Take care, hey? Okay. Ciao. Bye now. Mike Vernon, Hockey Hall of Famer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, a Conn Smythe winner, a Jennings Trophy winner, and uh, that was awesome to be able to chat with Mike Vernon on the day uh, that he gets the news that he is heading to the Hockey Hall of Fame. And the text line at 960-960, full of memories of Mike Vernon, full of people who have met Vernie around town, yep, Aaron, yep. who have been you know astounded to meet a Calgary legend and a guy that brought the Stanley Cup here to Calgary. And uh, that was a really great honor uh, to chat with Mike on today. And uh, great to do that with you, pal. It was a great honor. The fact that on a day like today, he would carve out time for us. I mean, I couldn't imagine what I would be doing right now if somehow yeah. I was elected. Yeah. To <laughs> I probably wouldn't be radio coherent. I can no. tell you that much. Not not even close to, to the stories and the anecdotes and the emotion brought by Mike Vernon today. Incredible that he was able and willing and, and generous enough to share some time with us today. Congrats to him. Congrats to his family. Well-deserved honor for Mike Vernon going to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, a special shout-out to our own Pat Steinberg, uh, the Calgary Flames and the Hockey Hall of Fame, for setting that up for us this afternoon. Really do appreciate uh, that today. Thank you. That's going to wrap up the show in a perfect way uh, to wrap up what's been a tremendous show for us today. Uh, Mike Vernon will be uh, have that podcasted for you up shortly if you missed any of it and you'd like to go back and hear from the recent Hall of Famer. We've had great work today from all three of our producers, Shan, Cam, and Taylor. You've done a great work uh, all day long. Uh, Mr. Vickers, thanks for joining me today, man. really appreciate it. My pleasure as always, bud. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the show. Uh, Vickers will be on Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg, which returns tomorrow, so make sure you tune into that. Have a great Wednesday. Uh, that'll wrap us up on the program here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.